I'm Bridget Owens, and you're listening to the Waxing Soul Podcast. Join me on an exploration of mindful modern magic, a journey towards deeper understanding of self and transformative individual spirituality. It's October 7th, 2021, and on today's episode, we'll discuss the mechanics of forgiveness, why forgiving doesn't mean excusing or ignoring what has been done, and how I finally learned to truly forgive. Are you ready to grow your soul? I was on vacation a couple of weeks ago with my wife visiting her parents, which was amazing, by the way. I've discovered an even deeper love of the ocean. It was incredible. Um, But while we were all driving to south of the border, which is a place I've always wanted to go since I was a kid and read about it in Roadside America, um, I decided to use the time in the car to read a book that a friend had written and sent me a copy of. And I don't get a lot of time to read, really. And... Something in her book, it's about mind and body healing and energetic transformation while going through a traumatic experience in life, specifically divorce, which I'm not going through or anything, but um, but the book is called Alchemize Your Divorce, and I'm always up to dig into takes on, on alchemy, right? Anyway, a portion of her book got into the topic of forgiveness, and while we were all driving to south of the border... Um, I had to stop and write out notes for this podcast episode on my phone because forgiveness has always been a bit of a touchy topic for me. Um, I grew up in a family, you know, religion centered on forgiveness, like humans are awful. So God had to find a way to forgive us for being human so that we didn't end up in hell. And that sets the stage for all kinds of really screwy takes on forgiveness. Um, It was honestly, the message I always got, or at least the way I understood it, was that forgiveness was necessary because anger is bad. Sadness is bad. If someone causes hurt in your life, this is what I got from messages in my childhood. If someone hurts you and you're sad and upset and hurt and angry, it's a bad thing to feel sad and upset and hurt and angry. Those are negative emotions. You have to get rid of them somehow. And if you don't forgive, you can't not feel those emotions. So the more you can forgive, the more you can turn the other cheek, as it were, and get used to everything in life kicking you around without you holding on to that hurt, the better you are. And I know that I'm not alone in feeling that the expectation of forgiveness is that it's like pretending it never happened. Or at least if you acknowledge that whatever it was did happen, that it didn't do you know, it didn't hurt or do damage. That There wasn't anything wrong in the end. It erases the hurt along with the deed. And that's always been a problem for me. You know, for those of us who have been hurt, we know it's so much easier to pretend someone didn't do something to ignore someone's actions than it is to pretend that the harm didn't happen, to hide the wounds or the scars, right? You know, the hurt party, the one expected to forgive is the one with the lingering effects of whatever is to be forgiven, at least sometimes, right? And and don't worry, this is not a whole rant fest of an episode. (laughs) Hang with me here. But that's the trouble I always had with forgiveness. And, of course, the biggest forgiveness issue in my life over the past however long was my parents and their response to my queerness. Um, It's a big deal, to people when it involves family. And I can't even count the number of times that I've heard that it's important for me to forgive them because of that. 
And that message so very clearly includes this thing of, I mean, if forgiveness means that you put the hurt aside and pretend it didn't happen, and if family deserves forgiveness more than other people, doesn't that kind of imply that your family sort of has the right to hurt you and you just have to accept it? I mean, toxic family dynamics is a topic for another day, but when we talk about forgiveness that way, when we talk as though the people close to us or the people we're related to are supposed to be forgiven out of hand, and as though forgiveness is the same as absolution, it sets up a really toxic dynamic. Interestingly, as these things tend to go, this past week, another thing happened in my life to sort of bring up this forgiveness issue again. My best friend from high school got a friend request from my brother, who also refused to attend my wedding, and we haven't spoken in years, and while I'm not privy to the whole conversation, just being aware that there was a discussion, some of the overall theme of it, I realized that, you know, I wish I could say it didn't bother me, but it does. The hurt is there, and that's the crux of, I think, the problem that I've always had about the way that we talk about forgiveness. We treat emotional hurts as though they are imaginary and inconsequential (laughs) and something we're supposed to just will away. But they're not. And I recommend going back to the episode series I did on emotions in spirituality, actually. Um, Emotions aren't bad. They're useful. They have a purpose. The world isn't supposed to be able to beat us up all the time without us feeling any emotions about it. You know, anger and sadness and all of that, it serves a purpose. And the way we usually talk about forgiveness really plays into the toxic positivity thing, pushing us to push away any emotion that doesn't feel pleasant, that that keeps our attention on stuff that isn't happy and loving and shiny and good. And now, you know, good news is over the past couple of years, (laughs) I've actually figured out for myself what real forgiveness looks and feels like. And that's what I want to dig into next. If you're enjoying this episode of Waxing Soul, the experience doesn't stop with the podcast. Each week we dive into a different part of the world of spirituality, magic, and self-evolution. And most episodes feature a companion download, which you can find at bridgetowens.com slash podcast. Check out last week's episode where we talked about the role of thought, action and belief in spirituality and how action is the key to exploring the world and evolving in your authenticity and come back next week when we will discuss the dangers of chasing a spiritual high how spiritual growth doesn't just happen in profoundly transformative moments and ways we can learn to embrace the small experiences as we evolve now back to the episode For me, the secret to understanding what forgiveness means came out of maybe an unusual place. It wasn't a religious or spiritual teacher or philosophy. It was actually from the stuff on my social media feed about economic justice, um, particularly student loan forgiveness. That combined with the fact that as part of my quote unquote real job, uh, I deal with client billing. And there's you know, honestly, you know, maybe someday I'll do a book or a series or something on, on money and all the ways that our understanding of money can help our understanding of spirituality and vice versa. Because here's what sort of occurred to me one day as I was contemplating debt forgiveness. 
if I take out a student loan, and okay, who am I kidding? I took out tons of student loans, and I'm still paying them. It's not an if. But whether you take out a loan or you do it in a harmful way and like steal from someone, the result on a very basic level is that there is a debt owed. And that's the root of the issue of forgiveness, too. You know, those things that we're asked or expected to forgive are situations where we feel that there's a debt owed to us. Someone hurt us and they owe us an apology. They owe us amends. Um, We expect something from them to settle the debt. And it's probably an emotional debt, a spiritual debt of some sort, something energetic rather than tangible or monetary. But if there's an issue of forgiveness on the table, there's a debt, an imbalance. They have something that you believe you are owed, right? Even if it's just words or, you know, an acknowledgement. And it's really easy to feel in all the pressure to embrace forgiveness that what forgiving means is saying it's okay that they, metaphorically speaking, took out that spiritual, emotional loan or even committed that spiritual or emotional, you know, theft with no intention of making it right. But that's not what forgiving entails. It's not saying that it's okay. That's absolution. Forgiveness isn't about the actions that caused the debt. If a debt is forgiven, it means simply that the repayment is no longer expected. Like if I'm handling a client account and for whatever reason we forgive that debt, we write it off. It's not saying that they never owed us. It's not saying that it was okay not to pay us. If you've ever done any accounting, your accounts receivable is money that you're owed, right? Money you plan and operate as if those payments are going to happen. If they aren't happening, then you put effort into making them happen, right? You make an effort to collect on what's owed. If the debt is forgiven, it's taken out of play. No expectation that it will get paid. No bills get sent. It's not counted in the accounts receivable anymore. However, a company might forgive a debt, but that doesn't mean that they'll ever do business with you again, right? They don't forget about it. They probably even will make efforts to avoid the same situation happening with others again. Forgiveness doesn't mean opening yourself up to more hurt. It doesn't mean pretending it never happened. It's simply a declaration that you no longer expect or demand anything of the other party in repayment. The reason doesn't matter. Even if it just comes down to not wanting to remain tied up in the emotional and spiritual effort of trying to collect on whatever that debt is, it's just a recognition that there's very little chance of getting satisfaction. The moment you decide you're writing the debt off in the emotional books, that's forgiveness. Of course, the tricky thing (laughs) with emotional debts is really releasing that hope of resolution, like truly not continuing to pour your energy into that relationship of debtor and debt holder. Like, and that's the benefit of forgiveness. In fact, that's the difference between forgiveness and absolution. If you forgive someone, you are free to move on and can put your attention towards recovering. You, you declare it a loss rather than a debt. So it's a matter of grief and healing rather than conflict. If you absolve someone, it's to their benefit rather than yours. They're free to move on without the burden of guilt. It means that there's no more record of the debt on the books. And that's super important, I think, to recognize that forgiveness does not require absolution. It doesn't require forgetting. You know, forgiveness alone, though, frees us up to heal. 
And this is what I didn't get for a long time because it felt like the expectation was that in order to heal emotional hurts, I first had to make things okay for the person responsible. And it's ridiculous to hold up our own healing for anyone else. But it's like, if you've ever been in an accident and the other person is at fault and their insurance is supposed to cover the damage to your car, they essentially become the party in control of what happens. Instead of putting in an effort to fix the damage yourself, you end up putting in effort to make sure someone else fixes the damage, which is entirely different. And it's the same thing spiritually. Until the moment you forgive, your spiritual energy isn't being poured into your healing. It's being poured into the relationship with the other party. And refusing to forgive keeps us from healing, mostly. You know, we keep that wound open. We keep the account at a deficit. Because otherwise, there's nothing to hold them responsible for. If we're able and, and do choose to work on our healing before doing the forgetting... The process of healing leads to forgiveness because in the end, there won't be anything left for them to be held accountable for. It still won't mean it didn't happen, but healing eventually would also lead to that release of obligation, that severing of spiritual connection. But for most of us, the forgiveness piece has to happen first to give ourselves the ability to begin to heal. If you have a suggestion for future show topics, please tag me on any of my social media profiles. Find me on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook as Bridget Owens Magic and on Twitter as Waxing Soul. Visit BridgetOwens.com for information about my upcoming book release and other spiritual resources and for expanded versions of the downloadable resources for each episode as well as access to patron-only Q&A live streams and a monthly Zoom meetup. Join the page of podcasts here on my Patreon at patreon.com slash waxing soul. I'd like to end the episode by reading a passage from my upcoming book, Deep Self Magic, a Step-by-Step Roadmap to Spiritual Authenticity. It will be available in ebook and paperback starting October 28th. The spirit involved in our growth and development to this point in our lives has shaped and been transformed into the authentic self that we are right now. It has shaped our deep self and our physical existence, just like the quality of light, water, soil, and air affects and is affected by a plant's essence and the way it physically develops. It takes the right amount of sun, nutrients, and proper temperature for a plant to live and grow. And just as plants take in all that spirit stuff and use it to get bigger, so do we. We metaphorically bear fruit and seeds, and we bloom if we are in a spiritual environment that supports our growth. Some plants need to be trained, pruned, repotted, and whatnot to make sure that they continue to thrive because their own growth can cause problems for them in the future. And that's true for us too. All the knowledge, ideas, and emotional energy that we get from our life experience and the connections around us shape the way we develop as we go through life. But not all change and development is sustainable or good for us. And it doesn't always turn us into a person we end up liking. All that baggage we talked about digging up last chapter, all of that has come to be part of our deep self because of the relationships we've had over time and the resulting flow of spirit. When we try to grow a plant, we do our best to give the plant the right amount of water and sun and nutrients 
the best type to nurture rather than harm. But the plant will take in anything that it can get when it needs it. It can't refuse to take in water from the soil if it's contaminated or move itself to get more optimal sunlight or shade. How the plant grows, what it becomes, has everything to do with where it is planted and what goes on there. Our development happens the same way if we're not actively engaged in shaping it. Who we are and who we have become has everything to do with the spirit we've been immersed in during our lives. Some of the choices we've made to impact the flow of spirit were probably ones we made purposefully to impact our lives in specific ways, but many were not. Still, all the spirit that has flowed into and out of our life, filtered in through our soul from all the sources we found ourselves surrounded by, is reflected in who we are. But that person isn't likely to be the person we envision ourselves to be, or the person we want to be in the future. And as long as we convince ourselves that we're a version of ourselves that isn't actually real and doesn't truly exist in the moment, then we aren't living an authentic life or practicing an authentic spirituality. Inauthenticity is what happens when we try to conform rather than embrace our entire identity. We push our shadow selves back into the darkness rather than integrate them. We learn to hate parts of our authentic selves rather than embrace them. We struggle to grow because the spirit we're immersed in isn't optimal to support the person we are. Our authentic selves include our shadow selves. We are who we are because of what our life experience and the flow of spirit in our lives have shaped us into. To fully embrace our authenticity, we have to accept that not all of who we are in the moment is who we want to be, and that we can only become who we want to be if we first embrace who we are. Visit BridgetOwens.com for more information on the upcoming release of Deep Self Magic and to sign up for the daily giveaways, which will happen during the two-week launch event. Thank you so much for listening. Look for a new episode of Waxing Soul every Thursday. You can find us on BridgetOwens.com slash podcast and wherever you usually listen to podcasts. If you can't find us at your usual podcast spot, drop a message to Bridget at BridgetOwens.com. All materials and resources, except the music, are copyright Bridget Owens. Music is Dreamcatcher by Kevin McLeod, used under Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 International. Find out more at BridgetOwens.com podcast. Many, many thanks to my readers, listeners, friends, mentors, inspirations, and my family. None of this, of course, happens in a bubble. Until next week, blessed be and be good to yourself.